Hello and welcome to Unframed, conversations about the arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon and streaming live around the world at cfcr.ca. Before we get started with today's program, a reminder that we're in F emphasis here at CFCR, our annual funding drive, and so are asking for your donations and contributions to the station. We are a member-run organization and rely on the generosity of you, our listeners, to keep programs like Unframed on the air. If you're able to make a contribution, no size is too small. You can donate by going to cfcr.ca or femphasis.ca or by calling our office here at 306-664-6678. There are rewards for donations starting at the $10 level. You'd receive a limited edition community radio magnet. Our theme this year is Saskatoon Signal since 1991, and we have some great graphics designed for it. Continuing on at $25, you get entered into our first grand prize draw, and you get to choose a CD or gift certificate from our prize list. And I know from looking through the prizes this year and when I've selected prizes in the past, there really are some great opportunities available. Starting at that $25 level, you're getting about half your donation back in value, whether that's gift certificates to restaurants like Tian Vietnam or books from Unreal City or Turning the Tide, or a host of other prizes available. Continuing up at the $75 level, you get entered into grand prize draws one and two, and I will go over what each of those entail in a moment, but you also get a limited edition CFCR Saskatoon Signal since 1991 F Emphasis t-shirt, and again, get to choose donation prizes up to that $75 amount. 150 gets you all of the aforementioned prizes, plus a limited edition CFCR tote bag, an entry into grand prize draw three, and then finally at the $250 level, you get all of those prizes, you get the t-shirt, you get the magnet, you get the tote bag, but you also get entered into grand prize draw number four. So grand prize draw number one is from Escape Sports. It's a bicycle valued at $700. Grand prize draw number two from Doug Spoken Sport, an $800 shopping spree, so giving you free reign to choose anything you want there. Grand prize draw number three, there's actually two prizes, each will be drawn for separately. There's St. John's Music has provided a Fender Precision Bass, the Nate Mendel's signature model from the Foo Fighters in Candy Apple Red, valued at $1,100, or a Caboose Catering canapé or d'oeuvre party for 25 people valued at $1,000. Finally, grand prize draw number four is a WestJet flight for two anywhere they fly. So really an opportunity there to go on a vacation. Or the other prize that will be drawn is an original painting by Hugo Alvarado, always a crowd favorite here and very generous in offering up a painting for our prizes. Again, rewards start as low as $10. Entry in the grand prize draw starts at 25, so really some opportunities to get some value back for your donation here. I'm your host, Michael Peterson. With me in the studio tonight is Jessica Morgan, whose MFA thesis exhibition is opening at the Snell Grove this Friday. Thanks for joining me, Jessica. Thanks, Michael. First of all, let's just describe the show a bit for our listeners. If you could give the title of the show. Sure. And then maybe talk a bit about it, that'd be great. Okay. So uh, the title of the show is negative object apophatic gesture and um, the this body of work, work kind of began out of trying to answer a question so I like to use a question to kind of focus what I'm trying to do so the question was 
how much can an absent object say? Okay. So uh, I'm kind of limiting my conversation to objects um, that are either lost or missing or have lost their usefulness. And uh, so because of that and because of the method that I'm using, um, the show itself uses a lot of negative space. Um, And uh, it's set up in a way that uh, it's spaced out in a way that might be slightly not conventional. Um, It kind of reflects uh, like lines of poetry rather than um, how like everything hung at 56 inches or or whatever but yeah so there there's meaningful negative space between the pieces some of the pieces are sculptural they're kind of more small modular sculptures of mostly kind of ambiguous forms and uh, there's also a couple of wall drawings one wall drawing is based on shadows from nails nailed into the wall so it's of these short little dashes along the wall. And then another drawing is kind of a partially rendered drawing of a fur coat. And I also have a series of postcards, uh, found postcards that are kind of embedded into the wall, like little windows and uh, a print of one of the postcards that's kind of blown up and I've painted on it. And so it's very, it's very uh, like, even though the show is kind of sparse and simple in a way, it's also really, really material. There's a lot of textures. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of different materials involved. And I wanted it, even though it is about absence, to have a really strong sense of physicality Hmm. to it. So when we're talking about the objects not being present mm-hmm. in their absence, are they meant to be recognizable still as a fur coat or as another object? Or is it really just a, a space left that we're sort of, as a viewer, asked to sort of ponder? Right. There's a variety of ways that I've addressed the object. In some, in some ways, uh, in some of the pieces, it is more recognizable. The object is more recognizable. In other pieces, you, you couldn't tell what it was at all okay and so there's kind of a, a continuum of um, different ways of addressing that uh, question and then the space around the object that absence that's left mm-hmm. that becomes an aesthetic yeah yeah definitely yeah. and then that obviously is then what the viewers asked to focus on i'm guessing is that sort of space the, the I, background that's you are drawing onto the walls or yeah there's a few works on paper but they're uh you know, hung really minimally and kind of blend into the wall a little bit. Um, But yeah, definitely, I like using um, gallery-inspired materials because a lot of the objects I'm addressing are actually art-making objects, so studio objects. There's a few more personal objects in there too, but uh, a lot of them are actually just gallery objects. And I think by kind of obscuring them, by um, thinking about its absence, I don't know if you've ever lost like your favorite eraser or <laughs> sure. your favorite favorite drawing tool. And it's it, they're really simple objects, but they actually have these consequences, like if they're missing. So and, and by obscuring them in uh, in this body of work, by kind of ruminating on their absence uh, and the object becomes kind of unrecognizable, it kind of like elevates them as objects, I feel, because you you wouldn't be able to tell if it was a really precious thing or if it was a really mundane thing. I think it's kind of 
a love letter to some of my favorite <laughs> art making tools. <laughs> well, and then you're talking about using gallery techniques. So you're working, and I've seen some of the photos you've po posted in process. You're working right on the walls then a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of the time I am for, for two of the drawings are right on the walls. And yeah. then it becomes almost installation as well as drawing them. Yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's um, and the scale too makes them kind of immersive because they're on a larger scale. So um, yeah, definitely installation is a big part of um, what I'm doing in this show. Well, and then going back to that sort of the title and some of I, I know often with a master's you're you're spending a lot of time thinking about the show and about mm -hmm. the theory. I'm wondering if you can sort of take us through some of some of that background there. And sure. My title has a word that not many people recognize. <laughs> Which is part of the reason I asked you to pronounce yeah. it, so I didn't get it wrong. But Gotcha. So apophatic. Um, in, in a past life, I studied theology. And while I was addressing the question of how much can an absent object say, I realized that what I was doing by focusing on negative space rather than um, just straightforwardly representing objects that were missing, that that actually was a method. It is a method in theology. Um, apophatic theology is, is a type of theology that's more uh, prevalent in Eastern Orthodox theology, but uh, it, rather than stating positive things about the divine it rather states uh things in the negative and it's kind of made to show the limits of what a human being can know about such things as the divine or theological things so it's kind of like this uh really humble way of approaching theology and i realized that it was a good descriptor of what I was doing. I, I wouldn't say that I'm doing theology or that the work is about God or anything like that. But it just really reminded me of that method. And um, I think it's a really beautiful tradition. And uh, it was interesting to think about what, what might that look like uh, physically or visually. And just want to take a moment here again to remind you that we're in the middle of F emphasis, so are asking for your contributions to the programming here at CFCR. No donation level is too small. You can donate by going to cfcr.ca or femphasis.ca, that's F-M-P-H-A-S-I-S dot C-A, or by calling our office here, 306-664-6678. And finally, you can donate simply by coming down to the station. This is one of the ways that is used most often by donors because it allows you to not only make that donation, to pick, but to pick out the prize that you're choosing right then. We do have a whole host of prizes that you get to choose from starting at, well, actually at the $10 level and going on up. As we were saying before, you get about 50% of your donation level back in prizes. So really some great value for you and you get to support community radio. And when you were talking about in that practice, speaking about the divine in the negative, could you explain mm -hmm. a bit? What, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, I guess uh, like a positive statement would be God is this. And so a negative statement would be God is not this. Or we can't know, like this is something that is just beyond our our grasp. So, yeah. You're never able to pin down what God is, but speaking rather about 
Yeah, about what he is not. So it's kind of like approaching it from from a different direction. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, and this is coming at the end of two years for you here at the U of S. Mm-hmm. You're from Saskatoon originally. Yes. But you did go away for school for... I did. Yeah. Okay. I and was in Vancouver for two years. And I, I lived also in small town Saskatchewan for several years as well. So is the master's what brought you back to Saskatoon or had you come back prior? I had come back. Um, my Our family is here. Um, I have a family myself, so it's good to be near near family, near close to home. So, yeah. yeah. So being able to live in your home while going to school must be nice, I'm assuming. Absolutely. But. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it just made sense to do it here at the U of S. Has your process changed since coming to the U of S? Or has it, I mean, I'm sure it's grown and changed, yeah. but just I'm wondering how that master's has sort of influenced that, what you had coming in. Sure. I'm one of the students who came in with completely different work than the work that I'm doing now. Yeah. So um, it definitely gave the setting and support to be more experimental. Okay. As well, um, having the opportunity to meet visiting artists and having studio visits and just getting to know my colleagues, fellow students, getting to know their work and kind of um, cross-pollinating with each other. It is always a risk to change something so drastically. I was doing these really large um, drawings on black paper and uh, more rendered drawings, doing work that uh, was integrating like um, kind of iconic landscapes of Canada with Roman ruins. And okay. um, it was pretty, pretty well-rendered drawings and large drawings on black paper and very, very dramatic looking. And um, now I've switched to something that's really minimal compared to what I was doing before. And a lot of things led to that switch, but uh, I mean, definitely being in a supportive place where you have time and space to think about what you're doing, where you have access to a lot of knowledge from your colleagues and from your advisors really gives a safe place to experiment, try something new. Was it exciting then to give up what you had been doing or is is that a challenge, like to sort of give up something that was working? Yeah, I, I, well, I guess part of the reason was it wasn't quite working, what I was doing. Um, it wasn't saying what I wanted it to say. And it's not to say that I won't ever return to working in that way, but um, I feel like what I'm doing now is getting a lot closer kind of to that core idea that I wanted to express. Okay. So um, I had to kind of try to stop trying to say everything at the same time in my work and simplify hmm. and uh pare it down to something really, really simple. Like my question, like I I needed that one singular question to drive the work forward because before I was just trying to address too many questions at the same time. Right, that one thesis question or statement that you need to make through an exhibition. Yeah. Well, in your work as well, I feel like it's moved to more of what I would call sort of like a gallery-focused practice. And you talked about that working on the walls, but Mm -hmm. site-specific, but less product-based maybe or more temporary I'm guessing if some of these pieces are being drawn on the walls where they can't be taken elsewhere yeah yeah definitely um it's definitely less product-based and um that's another um 
reason that the MFA allowed for this work to happen is because you're not worried about you know marketing it right away or anything like that like you um you can experiment in that way and yeah you're supported well and i feel like often that is an outcome of an mfa which is more of a theoretical but also more of a focus show like as you're saying Mm -hmm. because you are given that space and that encouragement yeah yeah totally and so then you were talking coming in you have a background in theology and did you do an undergrad in art as well then no i actually did an undergrad in education all right art education yeah and then i did a graduate degree in theology also do you teach as well then i do yeah i teach part-time at aiden bowman high school how how is that like combining that have your students been able to are they going to come down and see the show well (laughs) i think some of the older classes might be coming down i teach grade nines and so it it might not be their cup of tea i think (laughs) but uh, not quite ready for a maybe by the time they're in grade 12 we'll get them there (laughs) yeah i can understand it's a challenge to get some of those ideas across to yeah well, or even at that time, I think a lot of the time the perception of art is of the visual or of mm-hmm. aesthetics rather than of some of the ideas. Sure. But yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoy teaching and I see it as part of my art practice. So what, uh, what I try to do with my grade nines is I try to get them to start thinking about art comes out of a context and I find that that's a good building, building block for them encountering work that Maybe they don't initially understand, but they understand that there's a context that it comes from and that if they ask some questions and do some research, they can understand it. Interesting, because I, I think that must be a challenge in talking about art to people who are so young. And, yeah. And, total, and then to move from that type of environment to then talking at the master's level about art. And sure, some <laughs> days it's a, quite a switch that you're going through. Yeah, it can be. But I actually think that having my MFA has made me a better teacher. Okay. And partially because I know more about what's going on in the art community and I can see opportunities for students to learn um, quicker than before. And uh, partly because, um, well, when you really when you really come to know something and you're given time to really, really take that time to learn and you build that foundational knowledge, it actually becomes easier to explain it in common language. I feel like maybe you don't really know something until you can explain it in common language, until you can explain it to a 14-year-old. But that's a big challenge to set out because there are times when art exhibitions can become inaccessible. Yeah. Even to adults, you know? Yeah. So to to set yourself that idea, that goal of being accessible to a 14. I mean, I, I think that's a, a challenge that you're setting. That's good. But at the same time, trying to trying to start some of those discussions with students so young. Mm-hmm. I just know when I did my high school, there was at least for me a disconnect between how I was taught then and what I've come to understand sure. art as. And so being a practicing artist, it must be, yeah, it, it gives you an opportunity to start to try to bridge a bit of that gap yeah. for these students. Yeah. I assume when they're coming in, they, it really is more that rendering a drawing drawing skills or that sort of uh, visual rather than as you say the context yeah I I mean um, the way the curriculum is actually in grade nine I have to teach um, dance drama music and visual art (laughs) so we don't we don't get too um, heavy on the skill set right quite yet Um, kind of try to give them a taste of everything 
Um, I we started out with actually a unit on hip hop culture. Really? That kind of combines all four strands to a certain sure. degree. And uh, yeah, definitely comes from a context. So it's a great, hmm. it's a great example of uh, culture coming from context. And then while you're teaching them, has this degree also then, I mean, obviously it's giving you time to really focus on your practice, but yeah. has it, and your practice has changed as a result, but has it given you a chance that to maybe focus on that in a way as a professional that you may not have before? Or were you doing shows and exhibitions? Like how, how has that changed your sort of professional yeah. life there? Well, as you can probably tell from my education history, I kind of entered the like practicing as a professional later on. Sure, um, as many do. But yeah. yeah. And uh, so I was at a stage where um, I did want to make that leap into a more professional um, in a more professional arena. And so that was one of the main things that I wanted, uh, I wanted out in a, out of an MFA program was to, um, really build those professional relationships and, um, establish a professional practice. Well, cause I know for some teachers, like some art teachers I know yeah. are practicing artists as well. Yeah. But some, it is more of a, as with other teachers, mm -hmm. it, it's more of a educational practice than a personal yeah. practice. And so right. I, I'm assuming for you, so this is a bit of for you than that moment of, you know, saying I want to also have yeah. like a full on art practice yeah. going. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm lucky in that I only teach half time. Sure. So I, I do end up having time to for for my own art practice i try to set my afternoons aside for that i do have the time to do that i think i think maintaining an art practice while a full-time teacher would be really challenging uh, <laughs> but I I, not that it's not doable but yeah it'd be challenging well, especially during that school year so much of your time would be tied up with students and your mental Definitely. energy too i'm sure yeah so. yeah it can be it can be a really exhausting um exhausting week sometimes <laughs> but at the same time then for you too coming not from that traditional art background mm -hmm. it's as you've mentioned bring, allowing you to bring in other aspects or other influences that might other, not otherwise be there so yeah you you said that at one point you just you just decided that you did want more of a professional practice yeah. was there any sort of specific impetus behind that decision or yeah there was um and it actually was my um doing my theological degree that okay <laughs> <laughs> made me want to be an artist. Um, I was on I was on a pathway planning to um, be an academic actually in that in that field. And um, through the course of that program, I kind of came to see that my I liked um, I liked having more leeway with subject matter and I liked having the opportunity to um, be inventive and experimental and in a traditional academic career that's not always the case and um so uh I, and i couldn't imagine my life without making things and um so it, it felt like i left and I, I i was really encouraged by actually my my supervisor there to keep going um, to grow the, the art practice and to continue on to do my MFA, yeah. And, and to pursue more of an open-ended practice. Then. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, open-ended, that's well, right. 
without rather than trying to find specific answers that explorations mm -hmm. in, in interesting and as you said at the start you're you're asking a question that you're then yeah. trying to answer through this work mm -hmm. yeah and i mean there aren't really answers just <laughs> sure a lot of the time art doesn't pose answers but rather yeah. it starts to explore right yeah starting with the question is great and um i don't have to land on a single thing there's many different ways to address that question and so you're, the, the show is on for two weeks, that's yes. my understanding. The reception is this Friday at Gordon Snell Grove Gallery from 7 to 10? Yes, that is correct. At, uh, yes, on campus in the Murray Building. Uh, for anyone who's been there before, it's a, a, common, a common stopping on the art circuit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and then up for one week after that. Again, I'm Michael. This has been Unframed Conversations about the Arts on CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. And one last reminder that we are in the middle of F emphasis here at CFCR, coming to the end of the drive, but really looking for your donations. CFCR, again, is a member-supported radio station, meaning that it's the contributions from listeners such as yourselves that keeps us on the air. We're celebrating 25 years here at CFCR, and the as such, the theme for this year's F emphasis is Saskatoon's signal since 1991. I'm going to give you the ways of donating one more time. You can call our station at 306-664-6678. You can come down to our studio at 267 3rd Avenue South. That allow you to donate and pick out your prizes all at once. You can go to cfcr.ca or fmphasis.ca. That's f-m-p-h-a-s-i-s dot c-a. And one last time, just to run down some of those prizes, at the $10 level, you get a magnet. $25 gets you an entry into grand prize draw number one. $75 gets you entry into grand prize draws number one and two, as well as a limited edition Saskatoon Signal Since 1991 F Emphasis t-shirt. $150 gets you entry into grand prize draws one, two, and three, as a tote bag, the t-shirt, and again, the magnet. And finally, 250 gets you into all four grand prize draws, the tote bag, the magnet, the t-shirt. And at all these levels, you're also getting to pick out prizes from our generous community sponsors. And you will again get back about 50% of your donations in prizes. So really great value and entered into those grand prize draws. Again, grand prize draw number one, this is at that $25 level. A lockside fixed bike from Escape Sports valued at $700. Grand prize draw number two, Doug Spoken Sport Shopping Spree, valued at 800. Two prizes we're going to draw for each one at grand prize draw level number three, St. John's Music uh, Fender Precision Bass, at valued at 1100. Or the second prize is a caboose catering canapé hors d'oeuvre party for 25 people, valued at $1,000. Finally, grand prize draw number four, a WestJet flight for two anywhere they fly. So really, again, an opportunity to go on vacation there or an original painting by Hugo Alvarado. And a reminder that as donation levels go up, so do your chances of winning just simply because there are less entries at those higher levels. So really some opportunity to get some value back for your donation. Again, I'm Michael and thanks again for listening. If you'd like to listen to this episode or any of our past episodes, again, you can go to unframedradio.com. We podcast all past episodes there. Find us on iTunes. Or you can go to find us on social media. We're Unframed Radio on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And one last reminder about Jessica's exhibition, because I don't want to forget it in talking about F-Emphasis. 
The, her opening is this Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. at Gordon Snellgrove Gallery in the Murray Building on the U of S campus. Thank you and have a good evening.